0: So. Yeah.
1: This is Jad Fair from Half Japanese, and you're listening to
0: WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Well, uh, good evening, and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. And a strange week of secrecy and pompous blather and I guess the theme of the uh, opening hearings for Sotomayor, the appointed uh, nominee by Barack Obama for the Supreme Court, is it's not art and it's not fair. (laughs) Art fair, of course, this week. The good news is I like art fair. It's okay with me. Couple of things about it a little annoying, but we won't get into that. Music's pretty good. Noticed uh George Bedard's playing uh over there near uh near Ricks on Thursday night. Yeah. Highly recommended. And the magpods and the ragbirds. So the music is the art that uh, that I enjoy. Well it's good for
1: the local businesses certainly, particularly the restaurant uh Uh, Trade. Uh, If you have a good art fair, you can scrape by for the rest of the year, basically in the restaurant business here in town. So uh, for, you know, longtime local establishments like a place like Tio's, for example, that's recently moved locations. Ironically, they were displaced from their longtime location on uh, here on there by uh, City Hall expansion. Yeah, better location, much better location for them. (laughs) Their foot traffic's already up. They're probably standing to do blockbuster business. Uh, on the old art fair. Um, I always, uh, you know, the only real part of the art fair that I uh, go out of my way to look at are the non-profit booths, mm-hmm. which is quite interesting. You can see a wide range of, uh, I mean, that's, that's the marketplace of ideas uh, on the street, literally. Of course, the internet is the uh, marketplace of ideas for the world, but to be able to walk down the street and look at the various booths and talk to people affiliated with them, is uh, very amusing and uh, interesting, and so that's the part of the art fair that I look forward to. Uh, But, uh, as you say, it is annoying in some ways, and, of course, tomorrow, although the art fair will not begin until Wednesday, don't plan on parking downtown anywhere.
0: Yes, parking's scarce, and don't always park based on somebody, you know, waving you into a property, because sometimes (laughs) those guys are... uh, 20 buck park homeless people that uh, take your money and run and then you get towed yeah Uh, verify that they live (laughs) in the house that you're parking at just a word of wisdom to those less experienced I'm of course miss the old days when you used to be able to hang out on the Diag and drink a beer (laughs) openly Those days are over. Indeed they are. Our freedoms have been curtailed (laughs) over these many years by the growing police state known as the United States of America. And uh, having made the comment about it's not art, it's not fair, I think the only thing interesting about the Sotomayor hearings possibly coming up is the debut of Al Franken. Hmm. Doggone it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He apparently is going to be on the Judiciary Committee. Uh, he'll be the last questioner, if I'm uh, remembering my Senate rules correctly. Um, he but, said that he
1: doesn't really see him, he's not an attorney, doesn't no. have that training or background, and, you know, is kind of positioning himself as uh, well, I just represent the people.
0: So yeah. I'm the people's proxy and a populist. Uh, kind of like Bernie Sanders.
1: And a little bit of Mr. Smith goes to Washington, too. So I think that this uh, is—it'll be very interesting to see what Al Franken does with this, and I think discretion will be the byword here. Uh, He's not going to be uh, hogging the mic to make jokes or wisecracks. Uh, I think that time will come later, and I look forward to that. But uh, it'll be interesting to see.
0: Yeah. And don't believe the talking points of the uh, critics that are trying to inject a a kind of a reverse racist uh, accusation into Sotomayor, because the intellectual analysts of her uh, rulings on the the appeals court anyway. And just remember, by the way, Jesse Helms voted for her confirmation when she was initially nominated to the district court by H.W. Bush, uh, known as Poppy, Poppycock. (laughs) And baby, baby cock. (laughs) Yeah, wanker. The W stands for wanker. But, I mean, in a recent analysis that appeared by a a, a fellow named Tom Goldstein, the founder of SCOTUS blog website, which apparently is a sort of a legal uh, blogger site, and a former uh, lecturer at Stanford and Harvard Law Schools, and I'll just quote from him regarding the because there's a lot of hype about this recent firefighting case that, uh, frankly, Sotomayor voted correctly on it based on legal precedent. It was the conservative wing of the Supreme Court, and it's important to re- remember that Anthony Kennedy is the he's the key swing vote, and uh, Sotomayor probably I'm suspecting may not even end up turning out to be as liberal as uh, David Souter, the justice she's repla- mm. uh, replacing. But anyway, Tom Goldstein uh, wrote recently on the 16th of uh, June, shortly after her uh, announced uh, nomination, he wrote, uh, in in the rush to find Judge Sotomayor's biases, quote-unquote, critics have latched onto her decision in Riki versus Stefano. This is the New Haven uh, firefighter uh, lawsuit lawsuit regarding the uh, multiple-choice test. Mm-hmm. One can only imagine what the multiple-choice test looked like. Uh, Quien es más macho? <laughs> Ricardo Montaban <laughs> Fernando Lamas, or Lloyd Bridges? What this has to do with firefighting is anybody's guess, or why it was even a considered a valid criteria is a bit of a mystery to me. Goldstein writes, overlooked in the hysteria over this one decision, is that Judge Sotomayor considered issues of race almost 100 times as an appellate judge, having now reviewed every single race-related case on which she sat in more than a decade on the United States uh, Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit. I concluded that Judge Sotomayor does not allow bias to infect her decision-making. In addition to the Ricci versus Stefano, Judge Sotomayor has participated in 97 race-related cases. Of these, the court of Appeals rejected the claims of discrimination roughly 80% of the times and agreed with it in 10 times. The remaining cases involved other kinds of claims or dispositions. In the 10 cases in which the Court of Appeals favored claims of discrimination, nine resulted in unanimous rulings, and seven involved at least one Republican-appointed judge. In the single time a judge dissented from a ruling in which Sotomayor participated, The dissent was over a technical question, not race discrimination. In total, Judge Sotomayor has disagreed with her colleagues in race-related decisions a fair measure of whether she's an outlier, whatever that means. That must be some sort of technical legal thing that I don't know what it means, but uh, only five times in 11 years. In that entire time, Judge Sotomayor has only twice dissented from a ruling on a substantive question of race discrimination. She's in the mainstream. She worked for corporate lawyers for a while as part of her uh, resume. And uh, she, by the way, is fairly conservative on law enforcement issues as well. So uh, this is not some radical left-wing nomination. This is exactly what it looks like it is. And thank goodness that Sheldon Whitehouse, who's on the Judiciary Committee, Openly said that this is what it's about. It's about her experience. It's about her background. It's about a historic um, maneuver, the way Lyndon Johnson uh, appointed Thurgood Marshall, the way uh, Ronald Reagan appointed uh, uh, Sandra Day O'Connor. Let it go. This is a loser for the Republicans. I don't know why or how they can continue to argue that white males in America are discriminated against. There's no evidence of it.
1: Well, and again, the the very fact that they hope to hang their hats on this speaks to the degree and level of desperation that this, you know, PC fear uh, is is an old issue. It's yeah. been dispensed with, and as you say, this the, the facts clearly do not bear this out. It's always intriguing and uh, fascinating to see how. Uh, I mean. Legal matters are to be determined on a case by case basis. Yeah, and so the tendency uh, f- amongst Republicans to sort of offer sweeping generalizations based on one randomly excerpted piece of language, uh, which is what this has been all about, really was her her famous, now famous, uh, not to say infamous quote about a wise Latina woman bringing that strength sure. to bear to the issues. Oh, red flag, red flag for Rush Limbaugh. She's going to judge us as a Latino woman. That's absurd. Right. Uh, and uh, this sort of, I don't know if it's uh, white male paranoia, but uh, uh, well, it's
0: the, just absurd and, and desperate and pathetic and uh, par for the course. And the comment itself has been taken out of context. Right. And it isn't racist or offensive. Um, it's just somebody giving a speech. My goodness, what happened to free speech in America? <laughs> well, we know what's happened to free speech in America. It's all in the eyes of the beholder. And, of course, uh, maybe the most interesting revelation this week, besides, oh, gee, Rupert Murdoch uh, tapping f- phones and and computer uh, uh, emails of celebrities in London to get juicy gossip for his tabloids. We have... Uh, Vice the President uh, Dick Cheney now linked to a, quote, uh, CIA project that uh, apparently is so secret that we can't be told what it, it it's all about because it's been classified. This, of course, I am suggesting I'm reading between the lines here that this is actually the Seymour Hersh program that he talked about mm-hmm. several months ago in the uh, in the uh, New Yorker magazine. The sort of secret assassination team. The secret assassination team. Uh, This is what I suspect this is about. Um, What's interesting about this is that Leon Panetta, now uh, director of CIA, according to Scott Shane in yesterday's New York Times, learned of the program on the 23rd of June, which is a couple weeks ago, and uh, briefed two intelligence committees about it in separate closed uh, sessions the next day. and, of course, should there be an investigation into this? Uh, probably there should. Um, the uh, report, which was basically um, an investigation by Congress Congress itself, uh, and uh, quoting from Scott Shane again, intelligence and congressional officials have said that the unidentified program did not involve the CIA interrogation program, <laughs> and did not involve domestic intelligence activities. They have said that the program was started by the Counterterrorism Center at the CIA shortly after the attacks of 9-11, but never became fully operational, involving planning and some training that took place off and on from 2001 and until this year. Representative Pete Hoekstra of Michigan, the top Republican on the House Intelligence Committee, said last week that he believed Congress would have approved the program only in the angry and panicky days after 9-11 on 9-12, he said, but not later after fears and tempers had begun to cool. Interesting. Well, gee, I'm a little intrigued uh, by the language. It never
1: became fully operational. This is... You know, classic doublespeak here, Mm -hmm. that could mean a wide range of things. It became partly operational. It became operational, but not, you know, above board, not official. Um, So to what extent uh, was it operational at all, if it wasn't quite fully operational? And I suppose it would be gratifying to see Dick Cheney hauled up before some investigative committee for one thing or another. But uh, personally, I'd rather see uh, the secret meetings of his uh, early term uh, energy sessions sure which led to all sorts of uh, trading and speculation in uh, you know buying and trading of energy which led to the brownouts in California and all sorts of other economic problems associated with that uh, what dick Cheney's up to now are it's hard to believe too the the way that the Bush administration sort of and you know far be it for me to defend or apologize for the CIA but if i were working for the CIA You know, why would I want to associate with Dick Cheney? Uh, Because they so badly tarnished the reputation of the CIA. Mm -hmm. Not that it was sterling to begin with. Uh, By the way, they sort of jerked it around and, oh, well, gee, our faulty memo was bad info from the, you know, the CIA. So they used the CIA for a convenient whipping boy uh, when they were not able to uh, get the go-aheads that they needed to. Uh, or when, you know, some popular support declined from the war in the face of all the uh, many and numerous failures. So this is bizarre. And I think that Obama's uh, desire to just move ahead with, well, we're going to forget the past and move forward. McCain, for example, was quoted as saying, oh, uh, in the weekend chat mm-hmm. shows, you know, I don't want to uh, dig up old news that talk about things that shouldn't have happened and that aren't happening anymore. Uh, it's not going to be good for America's reputation. Au contraire, uh, my friend, I think it would be in America's best interests to rebuild its reputation to have a full and clear public disclosure. That's not Obama's job. That's the legislative's investigative capacity to look into. And yeah, let's dig it up and and hold those accountable who have uh, ruined the country's reputation. You can't just get away uh, by uh, dismissing the Geneva Conventions as having been rendered quaint. Uh, My favorite uh, quote from uh,
0: Speedy Gonzalez there. Yeah, and of course, an assassination program operating out of the the big boardroom of Dick Cheney. (laughs) One can only imagine maybe it involved uh, Dick Cheney, uh, you know, watching... Through the the eyes of the drones as they fly all over the place. Yeah. Because uh, it's well known now that the drones uh, have been used in the so-called war on terror. By the way, uh, just parenthetically, uh, quite recently, uh, officially, the American casualty um, death count, uh, starting with the war on terror, just went over 5,000 when you combine Mm -hmm. Afghanistan and Iraq. A sad milestone indeed. But the drones, of course, have been linked to assassination um, programs, Mm. and the legality of this remains a bit of a mystery. Um, The White House can claim, well, we're not part of the CIA, so assassination programs involving the CIA don't apply here. And Dick Cheney, of course, the master of disguises, who considers himself both an executive member and a legislative, right, kind of conveniently adjusting the uh, separation of powers there to fit into his pocket. <laughs> as well as Buck Turgeson, master yeah. of the big board, watching the drones. I, one can just picture Dick Cheney sitting in an undisclosed location uh, in the early uh, months and uh, if not years uh, during the War on Terror. Um, looking for targets. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, uh, his uh, trustee <clears throat> number two, David Addington, uh, it, it's now been well established that they were putting uh, relentless and, uh, <clears throat> shall we say, constant pressure on the CIA to find links to uh, um, Saddam Hussein and al-Qaeda. And, of course, Dick Cheney went on the talk shows repeatedly and misled the, the American people regarding uh, Mohammed Atta and the, and the alleged Prague intelligence when the CIA, FBI clearly had evidence that Mohammed Atta was tanning himself in Florida when these alleged meetings happened. But this never stopped Dick Cheney. So at the end of the day, it's uh, the continuing mendacity, um, the continued uh, subterfuge, and uh, outright lies uh, that uh, the Bush administration— is part of their wonderful legacy. So yeah, I agree. Paraphrasing uh, Senator Leahy, let's uh, read the book uh, before we close it. Yeah, indeed. Uh, it it shouldn't be possible in a country
1: that purports to be the the bastion of freedom uh, to commit
0: such grand crimes and walk away. Yeah, and and Senator Diane Feinstein, and she's of course a uh, a questionable person herself in some regards but she herself has openly said that uh these these were uh, involved violations of law so we're talking here about american law um is dick cheney above the law no 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 no. he's below it (laughs) way below it and uh inquiring minds want to know um and speaking of investigating dick cheney and the energy task force it might be uh apropos to start investigating the governor of California and his uh, secret meetings with Ken Lay uh, back in the spring of 2001 uh, when they were uh, working on the uh, recall of Gray Davis. That's right. Arnold uh, isn't uh, relishing his job quite as much anymore because (laughs) those pesky deficits out there in California are (laughs) serious
1: indeed. One wonders if uh, the temptations to... uh run away from it all, a la Sarah Palin might get the better of Arnold and a return to uh, the glorious world of fantasy uh, that is movie-making might uh, cause him to reconsider his uh, ambition politically.
0: Yeah, well, he can do it for the the good of the country, (laughs) as he puts it. Or as Sarah Palin so eloquently put it. She spares us. The drama, the melodrama of governing Alaska. Oh, boy. Uh, Well, news is out that uh, Kim Jong-il
1: has fatal cancer. Is ill ill. Is ill ill. And our Kim Jong the third, as uh, Jesse Helms once referred to him. (laughs) um You know, basically, the the North Korean state has cancer. Yeah. Uh, There's really uh, not not to make light of a serious medical situation, but this guy is uh, run not not looking well. Not looking well, and uh, he's never looked well. He's always looked insane, but he clearly is ill. Um, But uh, one can uh, hope, I think, perhaps in vain, that uh, his successor will be a little bit more uh grounded but uh if it's his son i i don't think uh that there's a rosy scenario
0: for the people of north korea of course though uh, there might be some reports that i heard about him attending the michael jackson uh oh events in <laughs> los kim, angeles kim jong il <laughs> <laughs> he probably was quite the fan he was wearing a daffy duck suit <laughs> seems to i seem to recall he had a a penchant for watching Daffy Duck cartoons. Well,
1: <laughs> I'm a Daffy Duck fan myself. It's disturbing to contemplate the personality similarities there <laughs> between Kim Jong-il and uh, Daffy Duck. But, uh, ongoing violence in the Western provinces of China too, the Uyghurs. Uh, that'll be really interesting to see as the summer goes on and, uh, temperatures and, uh, tempers uh, continue to uh, rise and flare. Of course, China's had a long-standing problem with the Tibet, and, you know, they rather ludicrously blame the Dalai Lama for an, being an outside... In- the Chinese always blame an outside instigator. Why are there problems? Oh, it's this famous Uyghur, you know, refugee who's now in the West, and the Dalai Lama is not uh, a political upsetter or agent, um, and so you know how long will China be able to retain these ethnically different uh, western regions um again this is perhaps part of uh, yet another ripple effect of the disastrous Bush administration policies in central and southwest asia we've seen those ripples spread to the west uh to the north and uh now further east mm-hmm. uh beyond Pakistan and India, into China itself. These are Turkish uh, linguistically and ethnically. Uh, the Uyghurs are uh, Turkic
0: peoples. Uh, so, Well, the ethnic violence, what was striking to me about last week was how many countries there were just amazing attacks. I mean, there was a huge attack in India. Um, there, was a, there have been attacks even in the uh, Western African countries. Mm-hmm. Of course, the continuing violence going on in Iraq. Uh, Afghanistan. We're seeing this. uh, Christian centers are now being bombed. Yeah. uh, Christian centers in in Iraq. Um, So, yeah, there's very troubling, low intensity conflict. Uh, Another brilliant concept courtesy of uh, the Reagan administration and the CIA headed by uh, Mr. Casey back in those days. Um, It's very troubling. And it it simmers, it continues to simmer, so even ethnic problems in China are not confined to that region it's remarkable how extensive it is how many countries are involved just in the last week if you go back and you check uh, little synopsis of what what can only be characterized as ethnic attacks because this is really what they are, and some of it is is designed to foment uh um sort of a uh, Dick Cheney, uh, George Bush, uh a war on terror response from these governments. Yeah, And uh, there's no end in sight. Uh, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. And it's, uh, I don't know. It's, I don't know what the answers are. Um, Nothing to do,
1: but wait and see, uh, you know, to what extent they continue to, to grow and rise or whatever. Of course, in Iran, things have calmed down a bit. The verdict has been rendered official and, uh, you know, harassment of people protesting has has gone off of the streets and inside people's houses. The big thing to do for uh, pro-MUSAVI protesters was to go up on your roof and shout out Allahu Akbar at an appointed hour. Well, now the uh, Basiji street thug groups are driving around and busting down doors and going into the homes of people who are spotted doing this. It seems like a safe activity. It's just simple religious utterance. But because it's taken on a political significance, now in the Islamic Republic of Iran, saying God is great at the wrong time can uh, get you beaten up.
0: And while Rupert Murdoch seems to be throwing money around, uh, and uh, that story, uh, I guess we'll see how uh, long it has legs. I'm going to give a brain damage award out to Senator John Ensign, a uh, Republican from Nevada. He recently, of course, revealed to the public in a tearful confession oh, dear, <laughs> that he had been having an affair. Oh, well, what's new? Uh, this seems to be happening all over Washington. Um, But now, of course, it seems to involve a little bit more than sex. We're talking about money now. It's been widely reported that Ensign's parents uh, paid $96,000 to the family of the dismissed uh, Mrs. Hampton. Uh, Ensign apparently, by the way, had an affair with one of his aide's wives, uh, allegedly seducing her at a Christmas party. Back in December of 2007, Um, and it's now been disclosed um, by uh, the husband, Doug Hampton, on a uh, Las Vegas television program that Mr. Ensign had paid Mrs. Hampton more than $25,000 in severance pay. So uh, this scandal (laughs) seems to be growing. Severance pay, hush money, call it what you will. Well, the the funny thing is, is that the parents of Mr. Ensign, who allegedly paid, um, this is what's interesting, a statement by the, the lawyer Paul Coggins on behalf of Mr. Ensign, a Republican from uh, Nevada, said that in April 2008, the senator's parents gave $12,000 apiece to Cindy Hampton and her husband Doug and two of their children in the form of a single check for $96,000. The payments were made as gifts, accepted as gifts and complied with tax rules governing the gifts. Under federal regulations, $12,000 is the most that a person can receive as a gift from any one person without having to declare it or pay taxes on it. Well, let's see. Two plus two. (laughs) Amazing. Uh, Well, hey. Seems like $96,000 is a little higher than that number. Indeed. We're talking... Twice the figure.
1: Perhaps this opens the window of economic opportunity for potentially hundreds of Americans to be seduced by Republican legislators and then receive a handsome uh, lucrative payoff package. And,
0: uh, hey, it beats working. Beats working. Anyway, um, speaking of working, hardworking Jerry Mack is apparently into house. And uh, you have been listening to Gray Matters here on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor Guess he's uh, pretty much ready to go. So we'd like to thank Andrew for engineering this week. The Tony Party is happening over on the Ingalls Mall, apparently, as we speak. And uh, the great entertainment will be coming up uh, later this evening. I think it goes till 9, but uh, apparently all sorts of events for families and children. And the weather, of course, is...
1: Weather's been superb lately.
0: Darn near perfect here in Ann Arbor this summer. Can't complain. People say it's too cool. Mm. I love it. (laughs) It's perfect. It's been in the upper 70s and sunny almost every day. And low humidity most of the time. Low humidity and nice and cool at night. So uh, if you're listening online, uh, come to Ann Arbor this week for the art fair. (laughs) The weather will be spectacular. Good night and uh, stay tuned. Yazoo City calling coming up next right here on this fine station.
1: My dear friend.